Welcome back. I, I, I feel like I have to get like a better intro than that. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome right back to me. Hey, guys. Welcome back to my... You know, that's not even me. Honestly, like, you know how, like, people are, like, you know, they have their, like, very energetic, like, personality. Okay. Yes, I have an energetic personality, but for some reason, uh, my physical body is just not as energetic for some reason. Just in certain things. Like, you know how worship leading like you know when you're when you typically are a worship leader or like you're on vocals there's like a specific way christians worship on stage with all the jumping all the yeah yeah you never gonna you know it's very hype do you know how much a good bra costs who's jumping because <laughs> it's not me it's not me i have a good bra not that anybody needs to know oh my gosh but you know i don't jump like that anyways for god alone so why would i jump for god in the stage in front of you i'm not performing anyways anyways so i guess my my uh my voice and my volume and my personality mix up for the lack of energy in my body that i exert the physical exertion that i do not exert i don't know just some things i've noticed about myself and like you know like the whole upbeat like hi guys I'm, that's not how i know yeah, sometimes I do talk like that, but, you know, that's just, it doesn't feel natural. So anyways, all that to say, be yourself. So welcome back. Um, I'm going to continue how to not compromise uh, because I'm pretty sure I split it up into two parts and I did. Um, Let me see. I ended with let your yes be yes and your no be no. Oh, uh, that's big because, you know, integrity, you know. Praise the Lord. Integrity is huge. <laughs> Let your yes be yes and your no be no. So we're just going to jump into the the next, what? That was like number two out of seven that I have listed. So if I can do math correctly, I'm guessing that's five more that I have to do. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. And um, yeah. Anyways, don't even ridicule me for my math skills because I'm better at geometry anyways and you're not. While you're over there, you know how to count one to ten. Oh, good for you do you know the pie do you know cosine tangent oh you don't oh okay oh, oh okay oh, oh okay i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it y'all y'all all y'all know how to count be an accountant you, you you don't know how to do basic math i don't see you making a living off of it suck your mother and mind your business and face your front so anyways welcome back you lovely children of god um, it's a wonderful, faithful nighttime. It's Friday night. It's December 9th. Nine is my favorite number. If you don't know nine, the number that means judgment, but it's my favorite number for reasons being I was born on April 9th, 1999 on the 99th day of the year. Yes. And, uh, my favorite sibling, my only sibling, um, we're nine years apart and I love him so much. And he is my little, my little cutie booty. And I love you. And he does not listen to this podcast. But I love you. I love you. So welcome back you faithful children of God. And we're just going to continue back with point. I don't even talk like that. I don't know. What? Am I okay? Point number three. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me look at what I wrote down. Okay. Revisit why you made the decision you made. And why you'll be fine with not completing what you declared you would complete. Brr. 
is this the only note that I have on compromise? I'm pretty sure I wrote down like what story I wrote down what story I wanted to like tell because I had another story to tell on not compromising. That would mean for you to actually declare what you will do and decide not just in your heart, but out loud. It holds you accountable. That's true. That's so good. Well, I don't remember the story. I don't. And I'm pretty sure I must have taken a photo of it somewhere, but I can't find it. I'm not even going to try to look for it. Maybe I can. Hold on one second. That's just me breathing. Okay, let's see. Nope, can't find it. So, <laughs> Point number three. Be so committed to that thing that there are stakes if you ever turn back. A.K.A. Make it impossible to disregard your principles, life, conviction, or stance. Be so committed. I feel like I'm trying to figure out my notes. I'm like, why did I write that down? Be so committed to that thing that you that you said that you're going to commit to that you're. I'm. I'm telling you, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Be so committed to it. There are stakes if you ever turn back. Okay. 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 I feel like a good comparison with this would be like salvation. Like when you become a Christian, it this is a big decision, right? right you know and if you turn back there's hellfire there was going to be hellfire regardless but being a christian deems you saved from all of that and not it's not just being saved god empowers you and all these amazing things all these attributes of jesus and god that they are he is and you know it's you're back it's redemption reconciliation it's it's the original story god welcome welcoming us back in with him so the stakes are so high though because what does the bible say short and narrow is the path that leads to righteousness and few there be that walk thereof short and narrow there's few that even walk down that path that's how high the stakes are but broad wide and broad is the path that leads to destruction many there be that walk thereof hey yo it's easy to walk the path that everybody else walks, but it'll lead to destruction. It's not so easy to walk the the straight and narrow, not short and narrow, straight and narrow path. And there's few. That's how high the stakes are. So to make it so that I would never choose the easy path, I'm gonna safeguard my life. There's like things that homeschool children use called covenant eyes. Oh my gosh. But I think it's great. I'm not even gonna mock that because like I said, there's people who perhaps you struggle with, you know, porn or you struggle with whatever. Maybe you have you genuinely just have an addiction to social media. Like you cannot sit on your phone and just just do what you came there to do. You have to like go through all your social medias and TikTok for five hours and then you didn't even do what you wanted to do in the first place. So you have these things to like make sure you, you know, like don't go crazy. What is that thing that um the time thing that you can put on your phone? That doesn't work. People just put ignore anyways. That doesn't really work. But people try. I see the effort. But you be so committed to that thing that there's stakes if you ever turn back. You'll feel you will feel the like punishment, I guess in a way, for you not turning back. For example, if I was committed to losing weight for a wedding. Okay? And okay this will be my story I have two weddings examples that I can pull from the first wedding that I was a bridesmaid at 
I was Tecums. And people, you know, people, they try to lie to me. People try to lie to me. Talking about, oh, my God, Carissa, you weren't even that big. Like, I don't even remember you ever being big. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Because you're a liar. You are lying through your teeth into my face right now. You don't remember. You don't remember me being thick in the face. Thick in the waist. Thick in the everything. Everything was thick. I was a box. I was built like a box. You tell me you don't remember that. And. I was never at a weight that's like overweight, I would say. But then again, there's this thing called skinny fat, and that's even more dangerous than being overweight. As that like obese, it's actually dangerous because where the fat is stored. And on top of that, I'm built like my daddy. So what does that mean? If you s- don't worry about seeing him, but he holds, he has these skinny little legs skinty little legs as a true african and he has a pot belly and it's not like a pot it's not like a hard beer belly but it's a little pooch he got a little pooch in his belly and it's honestly because he doesn't he eats like he literally he eats like breakfast sometimes lunch he'll eat lunch at work but it'll be like something not it's not a feast but he will feast for dinner so his diet, honestly, like African diets are very healthy anyways. Like if you take out the meat, the Congolese diet is completely vegan. So if you, if you take out meat, but we like our daba, we like our goat, we love our goat. So we're going to eat that goat. We're going to eat the, the fish, the BC. We're going to eat AIDS. So yeah. But anyways, our diet's very healthy anyway. So it's, it's not like, like I remember, I actually remember like when I, when my family, fresh fobs immigrants here we would everything my mom we would just eat at home and it was good it was we, we had big food sometimes we would have pizza and that's when i realized i hate pepperoni pizza it's too spicy and then that's when i realized i don't really like spicy stuff like that it makes me uncomfortable like why do people willingly reach for spicy things speedy beady that's what we call it in my language absolutely the hate not i would rather burn coal and inhale it for 10 hours than eat spicy pepperoni pizza at least the pepperoni pizza i had in 2003 whatever the hitch that was i don't know who the beep beep was in the kitchen that day but it turned me the beep off from pepperoni pizza forever 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 so we were we weren't like malnourished children but we were skinny legends you know and it was funny because like i'll be okay so all the while you're in america and you're eating like american food a little bit so you're integrating that type of diet into your body and then there'll be times in my childhood childhood when my parents would be like you're getting fat like stop eating <laughs> and funny in my i never took that offensively that was never something that led me into like an eating disorder or anything like that i was like peeped it heard and i would adjust my diet and then they then and they'd be like well you're too skinny now so start eating so anyways Either way, I wasn't overweight, but there is this one summer, twice, I feel like I've dealt with like weight fluctuations where it was like, whoa, come back to us, Carrizo, come back. There's one summer in McDonald's, bro. I don't know what it is. I live in the suburbs and I live around, like it, I live in like the core of the suburbs. So there's supermarkets, there's car dealerships, there's this, there's shopping centers, there's there's the movies, the, the, the movies, there's, uh, there's just started building fast food places to be honest, cause it's usually just restaurants around me and it's like suburb style restaurant, not like a shopping center style, 
yeah, I I do live by a shopping center, but it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a suburb shopping center, not like a city high life shopping center. It's not, a t- it's not a town center. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's very like there's home goods, there's Walmart, there's a Publix, there's a this, you know, it's like suburbs, you know, people live here and you're stopping at the store to get something and there's a gas station and oh, hey, there's a sushi place. Oh, hey, there's a Belk. Oh, hey, there's, you know, it's like that. So that's where I live. So where I live, I live by, there's a Walmart. And in this Walmart, it's a McDonald's Walmart. Okay, because some Walmarts don't have McDonald's. They have like another thing, but most Walmarts have McDonald's. So this Walmart that, where I live, has McDonald's. And I think this was roughly around the time that the McFlurry came out. Or it was like around for a little bit, but it was fairly recent from when it was released then again I don't know if the McFlurry was always around because McDonald's has actually been around longer than I've been alive so I may not know nothing but what I do know is what I know what I do know is that I got over the freaking weight I gained weight that summer I had a pot belly now, let me tell you me I'm built I'm already built like my father I got these long stallion legs skinny legs I got this round chubby face I'm physically built like a lollipop like a physical lollipop just round in the face skinny everywhere else okay and as a child and so all of a sudden I'm like oh my gosh this food mm, it's so addicting yes like I'm gonna get a McFlurry I'm gonna get a Big Mac and I'm gonna get fries and I every single time we would go to Walmart I would I wouldn't even just not every I would just even just I just want to go to McDonald's skip Walmart bump walmart give me the mcdonald's i want that mcflurry put the m&ms in there baby i had i had that all summer tell me how the way i was built i look like my granddaddy pot-bellied skinny legs and confused and yes i was happy you know i was being fed maybe not even very well and it was the summertime so like i'm pretty sure like my mom like both my parents are working but my dad like comes home at night and I would, as soon as he came home, I'd be like, take me to Walmart. Oh, what about McDonald's? So like, and he's the type of guy where he's like, anything to make, just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carissa, does that mean you'll shut up? Oh, you will? Okay. I love Walmart. Yeah. I was, I was going to go there anyways. So that's the type of, he, he likes to keep his peace. Yeah. So. I was all day out of time. Miss girl, we got, we got big. We got big in the waist. And I learned about myself. When I get bigger, when I get bigger, the weight sneaks up on me because if I'm looking down, my legs will remain. They will remain skinny. They will remain, you know, whatever they are. They'll remain. But the weight, baby, is in your back. The weight the weight it's in your chest you're carrying it in your back your waist <laughs> i'm a box it's, it's gathering in my my back stomach you know when you have gas and like you don't fart you just, it doesn't go out and it just it feels like it travels to your back now i will be googling all of these symptoms on webmd to see if there's something actually wrong with me but um, there was a Wednesday where I was like, I, I have gas in my body and it's, I gotta release it. And I released it in the middle of worship and worship ended. And the pastor was like, 
hug somebody get close to them put your hands on them and it wasn't like a quick hug it was like now we're gonna pray over them I just I just farted (laughs) so this poor child is basking in the glory so am I but I can handle it and I didn't even have the gall to say like girl I just farted because if I would have said that everybody would have heard it because I know everybody smelt it and I know she smelt it because she kind of like kept me at a distance (laughs) But we were praying for each other. And I was like, I feel gas in my back. <laughs> Anyways, there's the, the fat in my body. When I gain weight, it gathers up top. I'm heavy up top. Because down low, it's it, 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 it takes a while for it to. If my legs get thick, that means there's a party going on up top and behind my neck. And it's bad. So that's how I gain weight because I'm built like my daddy. And that's my theory. If you're a firstborn child of your family and you're a girl, you will 100% be built like your father. Sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you, especially if you're Af- like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like certain Africans have, we're not going to get into this, but like certain Africans have different body builds. Like anyways, whatever. So I was fat. In my opinion, I wasn't fat, but I was, again, eating healthy food all the time, never been overweight, never had a stretch market, never. My stomach is protruding. My stomach is protruding. My stomach said, hello. My stomach is afraid to greet you. And again, I'm going to, I need you to put this in your mind. I'm built like a dad. So when my stomach is saying hello, I'm think of a grown man with a beer belly. That's me in fifth grade. I go to fifth grade. I, I literally was like, no, Carissa, we have to do something about this. So what did I do? I There was like a channel on TV that just does not exist anymore. It's called We Fit. And I would work out to Brazilian. Um, My mom actually got a DVD. It was like Brazilian body workout and Jalad summer body workout. So I would listen. I would work out to Jalad, a Greek man from the 80s. And I would watch his program Jalad summer body workout I also did yoga and I actually thought that was fun my mom was like that's demonic so we couldn't do yoga anymore so whatever but I lost the stomach I lost my stomach because I worked out the next time I dealt with the weight crisis was when I was preparing for a family member's wedding and I was like do you know what I'm gonna lose this weight because you know body dysmorphia I try not to like get with like the like the themes like the the you know I I try not to get too like use too much of the verbiage that our society uses like I have trauma and I am not like everybody calls everything a trauma like no your feelings are just hurt that's it's it is what it is you know what I mean they just like we title these big things on things on things that are actually very simple but they it makes it seem so dramatic like it's like a medical condition now like oh I was sad oh you're actually clinically depressed no I was just sad how about that so it was a wedding and obviously I'm not a little child anymore I'm not in fifth grade and now I you know fat gathers in other places so um I feel the chubbiest I've ever felt 
body dysmorphia is dysmorphine because genuinely if you look if you time traveled and you ask me like you're uh, like how do you see yourself the first description i would say is skinny skinny funny awesome ashy like the first word i would say skinny i wasn't skinny i don't know who the freak told you know what it was i bought a cheap mirror that made you look skinny so for months i was being lied to thinking oh, i'm a skinny legend baby you was thick my baggy pants i have now they were they were they were bodycon they were bodycon baby they were bodycon are you kidding me and for years i operated like this and nobody told me kriza are you okay kriza are you okay no one was gonna tell me that i was getting fat but you know who did true in nature my parents my african parents i even <laughs> went time. they will hurt your feelings for free and then they will eat their breakfast and pay their bills afterwards they don't care there's one time i asked my dad i was like who is skinnier like me or my mom when you married her like who's skinnier and she was like my dad was like um he was like you're big <laughs> he was like you're not that skinny you're not even skinny at all like i would be like oh my god he was like you like he'd look at me he'd be like you you're not skinny and i'd be like yeah, yeah, i am skinny body dysmorphia because that jank a mirror that jank a word mirror i would argue with this man be like i am skinny and he would j- look me in the face and be like you are not skinny who told you that he was like you're not big but you're not skinny you're in the middle what the freak does that mean what does that mean? how do you take that as a woman huh i don't know so body dysmorphia is dysmorphia because in my mind like in my mind i'm so skinny but i don't know i don't know why i have so much like my face is so round right now i don't know why so i did not lose the weight that i wanted to lose for this wedding i told myself i was gonna lose weight i went to the dress fitting i had to even tell the girl i was like oh i'm so embarrassed i'm not even embarrassed but it's actually quite cringe because i remember the dress fitting and the girl was like what what size do you wear and i was like i'm a perfect medium i said it like that confidence i'm a perfect medium you was built sloppy how about that you, you was built sloppy. but then again i had this revelation during that time of my thickness where i was like Crizo, you enjoyed every burger it took to get you to this point so don't even treat yourself bad the same way you are mm, on that food mm, your way back to skinny because why would you hate yourself if you loved the food that it took to get you here don't do that to yourself you're not doing you a favor are you surprised you're thicker you're, you're thick are you surprised you're a thick girl you ate your way here you didn't work out are you surprised it was the biggest i've personally ever been and and you know i i i was like fearful of even getting big in the first place because there's this thing called a freshman night freshman 50 or something like when you graduate high school and you go to college people who go away for college when they come back home they gain like 50 pounds and i had a like a advanced like a ap lit teacher that because people do this stupid thing like visit school after they already graduated how dumb can you be nobody wants to see you here get a life people who graduated high school would come back to the high school and it's not even like oh it makes sense that they had a sibling to pick up oh i need a transcript from the guidance counselor come on the weekends then or something i don't freaking know like come after everyone leaves 
No, they would come at like 2 p.m. 1 p.m. You want to be seen so bad. The people that peak in high school, yeah. They would come back and then like, anyway, so they would come back and my teacher who was like, you know, like one of those favorite teachers, she would be like, oh my gosh, like on a low low. It kind of, she was like, it kind of cracks me up to see all these people who gain weight when they come back. She didn't say like that, but she was like, oh, freshman 50. Basically, you know, she got a kick out of seeing who got thick <laughs> because it happens. All, it's like a normal phenomenon in America because our diet here is trash offer awful so I was always fearful of that I was always fearful of getting the whole like you know you're getting fat like I was always fearful of that but then again you know I was being the idiot because I wasn't really working out anyway so and I was eating like trash eating like trash you know and yeah so it's my fault it's really my fault and I remembered I remembered like I was like no like bro I just felt so thick. And then the only thing that snapped me out of it, thinking that like, oh, I'm a skinny legend. What are you? Everybody's lying. The camera makes you look fat is when I got the photos back. And I know the photographers and I know the quality of their cameras and it's good and it doesn't lie. Okay. It don't lie. I got the photos back from the wedding. <laughs> iPhone photos and for professional photos. I look crazy. I'm so round and and it's not even like when I get round it's not I'm telling you it's not even like a, oh you get oh you got thick in the right place I'm a ball I, I'm so round and I was like no and then I got photos back from like a family um portrait that I arranged for my family to get because you know I'm the most anyway I'm not gonna make that joke <laughs> it was a joke but it wasn't really funny um and I got it back and I was like who is this what is this and the photos are great but I was not pleased with my appearance and the photographer was like was it good like I noticed you only didn't really post much and I was like it wasn't you it wasn't you the photos are great I'm thick and I don't like that so I'm gonna work out okay so anyways I started working out and then I lost weight and then I got COVID and then I lost more weight. But it, for some reason that gave me more motivation to remain skinnier. And on the low, low, I not in an eating disorder, but I saw how easy it was for females to get in that vein because you know, when you're not eating, you're on a calorie deficit, obviously you're losing weight. I don't people are like I'll I'll talk to people they'll be like I literally ate so much and but I still lost weight and I'm like did you count I'm like yeah because you're still in a calorie deficit it doesn't matter like blah, blah, blah. The, the amount of calories and what you were eating prior was astronomical and the amount of calories and the quality of food that you ate in this very different setting in this different country is not because it's because it's less calories babes and you're on a calorie deficit and your body is just losing weight that's all it is well it was protein no you just did not eat enough a lot of calories yeah you're losing weight because you're on a calorie deficit so i was just on a calorie deficit all the time and then i i was like oh i see the results but you know you still need to eat food is fuel okay so anyway so i saw how easy it was to access that and i'm grateful to god that i did not go down that path 
But it, it was starting to like alarm you when people would be like, you need to eat Creso, like eat. And I'm like, what are you talking Huh? Like, cause I've never ever heard people be like, make sure you eat today. That's, that's, those words seem so scary. I was like, oh my God, let me not even try to entertain that area. So I, I see, I saw, I, 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 I'm not struggling. I didn't struggle the way the ED, the ED girls do, but I saw how easy it is to join the club. You know what I mean? Especially if you lost weight and you like the way you look and you want to keep going. That's when I started working out with weights. Okay. And I went back to Jalad. Okay. Day one. My day one. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then I got a photo shoot. And then I was like, my legs look crazy. They were not toned at all, baby. So then I started working on my legs. And now I like everything. But then I stopped working out. So I need to continue. Anyways. So. So this time there's a new wedding coming up. And I tried on the dress, the bridesmaid dress. And it's kind of like the similar color scheme as this wedding that's coming up that I'm going to be a bridesmaid at. So I might wear this dress. I might have to get it taken in though because it's bigger. But the the way this dress is loose right now is ridiculous. I didn't know I was that big. Be so committed to a thing that there are stakes if you ever turn back. Listen, I knew if I didn't lose weight, I would look a ratchet mess. I would look thicker. T- and not only that, the pressure. Can, can you imagine showing up to a ethnic gathering with people who haven't seen you in years and then you come around looking thick oh my gosh the tantines the the un- the aunties would be oh she's getting away you get big you know african people we're not as like romantic with our words as americans are over here we're not like oh I, you look so good with this extra weight oh i kind of i love this new look we're not even you got big <laughs> that's how we talk oh i see you get big you like food mm-hmm you get big why you know it's like i don't i didn't realize yeah i genuinely didn't realize i was having i was looking down the whole time my legs looked like birds bird legs i didn't realize the the attack was going on behind me okay my armpit is thick why that because i'm built by my daddy and that's what's going on that's what goes on with me in my own body i didn't know to me i take it as a demonic attack but in the natural i was a problem so be so committed to thing and because i didn't lose that weight because i didn't i wasn't committed to my goal i didn't follow through i i will those photos i will no one you're only gonna see one photo no one is gonna see these photos okay (laughs) and i can't even enjoy a good quality photo of that time of my family portrait i can't enjoy it because i'm gonna immediately look at myself be like oh my god i was huge you know Ew, that was a nasty burp. So be so committed. Don't compromise. Like, that's the stakes. The stakes are big. Don't make it to where it's easy to back out of something. Oh, I'm going to fast. Well, and then the fast day comes. And you're like, well, you you made it. Don't you shouldn't have that be a thing where you're. it's easy for you to back out of something. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're not doing it, that means you're a liar so go repent but if you don't want to repent and you don't want to be a liar do what you told yourself that you were going to do be committed to it that's how you build integrity stop lying and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i was just as passionate about that on the last episode stop lying make it impossible to disregard your principles life convictions and your stance make it impossible to disregard it 
I don't like that. And if you do change it, let it be. Just tell her. Honestly, I I'm changing paths. Okay, cool. For example, if I if I was politically one way, if I was a political figure, and I'm the left, the right, the right, and I'm and then I have some some type of spiritual moment. I don't freaking know. And I'm like everything I once thought. I I changed my mind. I would put out a public statement. So one day you're not releasing statements that confuse your entire following group hey this is i I used to believe this this is what i believe now don't get mad if people start cussing you out because you led them down this path for so long accept it be a big girl take retake responsibility and keep going don't compromise though but those are the stakes if i'm gonna believe something i'm going i'm going at it i'm not going at it weakly i'm going at it strongly I'm either going to be right and loud or wrong and loud. But I'm going to be loud. <laughs> because I, I want to put everything in what I do. Okay. Point four. Consider everything with God. Lots of people are led astray when they only allow for their brain or their own level of intellect to be their mentor. Oh. Because people are actually quite dumb. I, that's what I've realized. People, you, I can't do math the way other people can quickly. That's not my talents, nor do I want it to be my talents, nor do I beat myself over that. I know, I know my faults. I know that. I know I don't know everything. I don't know everything spiritually. I don't know everything biblically. I don't know everything about life. I don't know everything. I don't know everything financially. I don't know everything. No one knows everything. That's impossible. You don't know everything. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So how can you trust your own intellect? It'll always operate limited. Always. It'll always be limited. Even in the Bible, it tells us we prophesy in part and we know in part. You don't, God doesn't reveal to us everything. We don't know everything. So what do you do? You glean from the wisest, the wisest one, and you will never be wrong. Who's the wisest? God. One of my favorite verses about God's wisdom is the the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest of men. The wisdom of the wisest of or something like that. I'm going to Google that so you can quote it too. So you can finally quote something besides John 3.16. I like this verse. The foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Obviously, God's not a fool, but if he were, he his foolishness was still would surpass the wisest of men. And obviously, God's not weak, but if he were his weakness at his weakest point, it'll be stronger than man's strength. That's the God we serve. So I think it's asinine to let your own intellect be your mentor and let your own intellect guide your life. There's people I know that navigate life. You tell them, talk to God, consider God, and they take it as an insult. What planet do you live on? Are you a Christian or are you not? Why are you taking that as an insult? People will be like, well, have you, have you prayed? Have you spent time with God? And they'll be like, I just, uh, why do people, people just hear me out? No, we're giving, I'm actually giving you a solution. I don't want to hear you complain anymore. I'm done. I'm not, no. I doubt God even wants to hear you complain. It annoys everybody, actually. The truth. It bothers everybody. 
So don't go to me. I'm not your solution. I just want I just want an ear. It's not mine. I don't have time. I don't care. I don't care. If you come to me to just complain, I don't I will quickly find my way out of your life. If that's all you're going to do, you won't see me. I'm gone. Immediately. Consider everything with God. First of all, he's the only person that can help you out of a situation, truly. But not only that, you know what's awesome about God? He delegates people in your life that he has anointed, that he has walked with for ages, through times, times and seasons that are wise because they glean from the wisdom of God and the wisdom from other people that they submitted under that have also walked with God in such a way and they are willing to release it to you if you go to the people that God has delegated over you and if you initially go to him. I Growing up for me personally, me personally, growing up in my youth group, I was never the kid and I'm not saying this to boast. I'm not saying this to pat myself up. It's just, I'm just stating, if red, I'm just stating something obvious. Like red is red and, and blue is the color of the sky. And if you think it's sometimes pink, it's sometimes red. Blue is the color of the sky. Sometimes it's pink, sometimes it's red. The point is I'm stating the obvious here. In my youth group, I was never the child that was always meeting with the pastor and oh pastor i'm going through this season i'm going through this struggle that just that's that wasn't how i operated when going through a struggle i would always take it to god i i would always take it to god i actually to be completely honest i am quite private i know i don't seem it and i i just told you that i farted you know and all that type of stuff but to be completely fair i am actually quite a private person there are things that i talk to god about that no one knows not even my parents know my friends don't even know the full 100 story and i prefer it to be like that because i don't need they don't nobody needs to know every single detail about me personally one of my pet peeves are people that think that they know you inside out and they're like oh i know every i know what you would order and she would like this don't don't ever speak for me that for some reason that irritates me i don't know if that's something i have to lay down at the altar but people that i'll be like oh Crizo loves this Crizo does don't speak for me because i'm gonna change my mind if actually i hate it now i bet you weren't expecting that i don't like when people think that they know me inside i know you no you don't you know what i allow you to know because i'm not an idiot and i don't tell everybody every single facet of my life yes there have been some things that i wish i never told anyone about and i actually have prayed to god that he would force them to forget it because i wish i never said anything because i quite do like to be private there are things that yes i do share on here for the sake of making a point and an illustration and an example but there are still things that there should be things that are intimate about you that god knows that there should be intimate details about you that maybe your closest friends know or maybe just one person knows I don't, the only person that knows every single facet of my life is God. There's not a single person that knows me inside and out. Everything I've done, everything I've, everything, no, there's not a single person. There's people that are in Alabama that know things about me that people, my friends in Florida don't know about. Not because I'm like, I want to, ooh, 
it's not because I like I, I strive to live a secret life. No, but I'm just saying like not everybody. There's I there's certain things that were, I were in intimacy. I shared an intimacy intimacy with another person. You know, maybe it was like a ministry time. I don't need to tell every for me personally. I don't think I need to tell everybody every single facet of my life. Obviously, if you're my leader, I'm going to try not to, you know, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to, ooh, I'm going to live a secret. But either way, the point I'm making is I went to God about a l- everything, actually everything. And a lot of the things, it would just be me and God walking through things together. And he, he, he would guide me and teach me and I would grow in him. And yes, I am submitted to my leaders. But rarely would I even, you know, because there's like people, there's relationships that pastors have with certain students. They'll be like, oh, you, they'll say, call me anytime and text me anything. There's nothing crazy. There's nothing that's too crazy where where we won't. Da, 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 da. Like you can tell us anything if, if it's a struggle, whatever it is, we don't care. We just have accountability like we're here for you. And, and I accept that and I receive that. But a lot of times when things would happen, I would go to God first because I I realized that a lot of people are not the solution and they're not trying to be the solution. That's not what they're trying to be. They're just trying to be an accountable person that we can submit to, to offer guidance and wisdom to us as they should, biblically as they should. And they're awesome and they're right in doing so. Me personally, because I wanted to build that relationship and I knew I like how God works. He's a solution he brings solution to everything. So I would just go to him and things would always work out. But when there were things that I was like, that weren't like budging, I would go, finally, I would go to my leaders and I'd be like, hey, A, B, and C, D, E, F, G. I let them know everything. Not that I was trying to keep a secret, but it's because, well, everything I had, I went to God first and things just worked out. So, but here's the big thing. Like, I remember my biggest thing was, I say it like it's like a scandal. It's not, but it's something that I actually, I let more people know was the whole concept of receiving a heavenly language, speaking in tongues. You know, when I was little, I was told about it and I've heard my mom praying and all the time, you know, it's not unfamiliar, but I just thought that's something adults do. Oh, that's when I become an adult. Then I'll do, I'm sure I'll do that when I'm an adult. And I didn't know the science or the the theology, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it, it was what it was, you know? And then the thing that pricked my interest is when my friends my age in the same church that I grew up at suddenly started speaking in tongues. And I'm like, did I miss a service? What happened? But I'm like, why are people my age doing this? I thought this, this is what the adults do. And then I'm hearing preaching. I go to camp and then they have an altar call. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire the Holy Ghost. And usually the first time I heard it it wasn't this guy that preached it but then the next year at camp every single year this guy named David Hall he would preach that same message Pentecost on Pentecost the Holy Ghost oh so anointed David Hall you man of God I appreciate you he would preach that same not the same message but it would write on the Pentecost the Holy Ghost and and um he would have an altar call to receive heavenly language be baptized in the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and even fire, you know, and and of the first year I was like, I want, you know, I was like the first year that I did summer camp. I was like, I want this. I remember being at the altar and I, you know, I grew up in church, but it was my first time having services kind of like that. 
And if you've been to like a charismatic church camp, you know, like what I mean, like usually these services are usually catered to adults because in the youth service, it wasn't really like that. It was usually like the big service that you would see that stuff break out. So that was my first time having that cater to me. So I didn't know how to operate underneath the flow of the Holy Ghost in a service. I didn't know how to be receptive, how to receive. I didn't know how to posture myself. I didn't know to speak words of faith. You know, when it would happen, I remember the first time I came, I went for the, um, it was like a mass altar call. It was like, you know, the Holy Ghost is Holy Ghost in. And they were just saying all this thing, if you da 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 for fathers because that theme that year was fathers and there's a lot of children that did not grow up with fathers and they were the way God was ministering was ridiculously amazing I could go I could talk about this for hours about my camp experiences and how that has shaped me and grown me spiritually but I don't have hours I actually do but all I'm gonna say is that was first times in my life where I saw people peers my age in service like that I'm talking just specifically peers where God was ministering to us like he would minister to the adults in big church because I was just asleep to be completely honest I would color in the coloring page and the adults would do what the adults would do and I was a child and I would just sit in the sanctuary sometimes my mom would take me Perry Stone be up there teaching or whatever and I'd go to sleep <laughs> I just what I was I just wouldn't tune in. I'm like you guys are saying a lot of words. I like the songs. Y'all are talking a lot. Yeah, yeah, you guys are. I wouldn't. I just wasn't really listening. I would tune into some things, and if they spoke, they spoke about eternity and like revelations and angels and hell. Like I would pay attention because it was kind of scary. But like, point is, I wasn't really tuned in this time. I was tuned in because it was catered to me. Okay, so I was in the quad with Elva. I was already standing up, and I was like, you know what? I want to speak in tongues. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. And I'm, I remember just standing there and my youth pastor, Abigail, Pastor Abigail, she's like praying for me and this other girl next to me. And I think her name was Skylar. And she falls out. The girl next to me falls out. And I remember when I was getting ready for that night service, I put on the skirt. Mind you, it was a skirt that I wasn't even allowed to wear anymore because my legs was too long like I once was allowed to wear it but apparently I had a growth spurt and I was like mm. but I was like I'll wear it anyways I don't care I'm going to church camp you ain't here so I put it on and I knew I was like if I wear the skirt what if I fall out like bro and I don't even know if I had like anything under but either way it, don't do that like if you're going to a holy ghost you know what type of service it is don't wear a skirt don't even wear a dress just wear pants wear pants i know this doesn't work in a pentecostal skirts in a pentecostal church but unless your dress is touching your toenails don't wear it because you will be revealed be thou revealed so it was my fault so the holy ghost is holy ghosting and i'm feeling him again this is the first time i'm having these kinds of experiences okay um or having that energy be that muscle be exercised. I don't, I don't, these are things I've always heard about, but I've never encountered for myself. So I don't know how to act. I'm like, I don't want to fall out like this girl did. I'm wearing a skirt, but I'm feeling the Holy Ghost and Holy Ghosting. And I'm feeling like my tongue is wanting to move, but my, I'm like, 
I was scared. I was like, what is going to happen? Like, I don't, what is happening? So I didn't open my mouth, nothing, which is not a smart thing. If you, if you, I've heard some people say, stop talking, just receive it. And then I've heard some people be like, just start thinking the Lord, just like, just, or just like, just move, just speak in tongues and it'll hit you. Just speak, just let it out. You'll sound like an idiot probably, but let it out. And the Holy Ghost will take control of your tongue and fill it with heavenly's heaven's language you know i didn't move it though i clipped my mouth shut and i knew the holy ghost is trying to move is trying to give me that language but i did not want to um yield so i missed it me so everybody's having all these testimonies and all these things and i'm like dang next year my goal and i'm pretty sure like we would have services because i didn't have to wait at camp and these are things that you know but if you don't actively pursue that knowledge with faith you won't get the fruit of it you can say all the right things you think you you think you know no i know i know i'm healed if you don't pursue that healing with faith you're not gonna you're not gonna see the healing yes i know i know i'm redeemed yeah, I know I'm healed. Yeah, by his transfer. You're not. That means nothing. Where's the fruit? You can say all the right things, and the if you don't pursue it with faith, it's nothing. Yes, yes, whatever. And we would have services, uh, altar calls to receive the Holy Ghost. I was not receiving it, and that frustrated me. And I was talking to God. I remember crying to God all the time. Why aren't you not even not no, no, not even mad at God? Because I told myself that at that age was when I was like, I will not be stupid and get angry at God and get out of line. I'm not angry at you, but I'm frustrated why this isn't happening. And I will not blame you because I'm not an idiot. There's nothing you could ever do against me that could be your fault. I will take ownership. If something goes wrong in my life, I'm going to take ownership. Before I would ever blame you, I'd rather blame Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the reason why I didn't speak in tongues because it won't be God. God will not be the reason why. God will not be the reason why. I don't care who else I have to blame. It will never be God. Ever. He will never be the cause of my problems. That's not who he is. He's a provider. He's a way maker. He's a healer. He's the God of more than enough. He's my savior my comforter why on earth would he be the cause of my problems and then die to deliver me from these problems that doesn't make sense that's that's crazy he will never be worthy of like of like how do i put this i will never direct anger to him in an accusatory way i'm not an idiot and i'm not job because that's what job tried to do and he got rebuked so unless you want to be like Job, don't. I mean, go ahead and do it. If you want to be like Job, go ahead and do that and get rebuked. But I'm I'm here to be blessed. And I am blessed. Period. Amen. So, but I was frustrated. And I remember crying in the shower, as one that always does. I was like, God. You know, it's going through my mouth. It frustrated me so much. I coveted that thing so much. So much. I was like, I don't want to be left out. I will receive tongues. I want it. I desperately want this. I want this. Not to keep up with the Joneses. I want what you have for people my age. I see what you're doing. It's available for me. 
They have it. I want what they have. I'm not getting left out of what you have for me. I grew up in this church. I, in a way, yes and no, because we go on and off. <laughs> and from, from different churches. I feel like I, the church I attend now, I first attended when I was like three. And then I just came like randomly in between till we started full-time going around around a little bit before my brother was born uh, maybe a few years before that kind of in a way or a year before that doesn't matter but I want it and I took it to my pastor and she would you know they would pray with me all the time I wouldn't receive it and they'll be like you know just just open your mouth they would just tell me just speak and people would give me all these tips well, I did this. It's how I got my tongues, and da 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 da. And there was, I'm not. I appreciate all the help because it was actually, it was all valid, and I appreciate. It. But this was something that I let my friends into knowing. So, not only just my leadership knows, people are like speaking into my, encouraging me. Hey, da 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 da. It wasn't happening, but I remember, it was. Ooh, it was the year because if you've listened to any of my episodes, you've heard the term boo before and the summer camp that I attended was called verge camp at school everybody would call it they thought I would say virgin camp everyone knew I was Christian and but they'd be like you're going to virgin camp it was a Christian camp you go to I'm like no you're an idiot and you cannot hear and you need Jesus Christ I clearly said verge how did you hear two syllables you idiot bound to hell what's wrong with you anyways so anyways I didn't like these people mind you if you can tell but they were funny and I was funny too. So sometimes we get along. So, um, so there was Verge Boo, right? And I don't really remember what year it was, but I certainly was not a senior. Maybe it was 10th grade that I got the baptism of tongues or the summer entering 11th grade. One of those. And, um, Virtue was there. I'm like, nothing is happening because I'm not allowed to date and I'm not going to date anyone in secrecy because um, uh, I've seen that happen in my ethnic community. And it's just, if you know, if you, you you belong to an ethnic community, girls have a secret life where they like date guys and their parents don't know. I don't want that. I've seen people make that decision and I've seen people, the outcome of that mistake. And I've seen how the parents have found out and it's been a S show. And you know, I was like, no, I'll just have a crush. Thank you. So, Virgil was there. But my girl, I'm like, you know, he's there. You know, he's rubbernecking. He has a rubberneck. If you know what a rubberneck is, it's like when you looking, you looking. So he would do this thing where he would just look, look at me. I don't even know why, because on the low low, I was kind of thick then too. So <laughs> I wasn't really looking my best all the time. There was this one summer I think I was looking my hottest. I'm not even gonna lie to you. But you know? So I was like, I don't wanna embarrass myself. Which is stupid. No man is worth not losing your like what did David say? I wanna ah become even undignified. No man is worth not losing your dignity for the Lord over. If the worship is hitting and your your boo crush is over there looking tantalizing, who's more important than that moment? Tantalizer or God? Listen, I'm worshiping Father God. And I know it's in the middle of that. It's hard. 
it's a hard it's a very hard decision because you want to be looking marriageable you want to be looking tantalizing you want to be looking nice you want to be looking cool and mm, i'm cool i'm relaxed like i'm over here just looking sexy at all times like what are you talking about there is no way i look sexy at that age at all except for that one year that one year i was very hot <laughs> so uh, i was talking show photos so but you know you, you want to look cute and the, if the holy ghost maybe you can look cute if you go to a baptist camp not at a charismatic camp where people have a pentecostal background i'm not pentecostal i did grow up in a pentecostal church and by pentecostal i mean the ha- people's hair was down to their booty cheeks and their ankles and my bald-headed african family always had our hair cut you're not supposed to cut your hair in a pentecostal church you're supposed to just let it grow we had a haircut we didn't care we had a cut curled we weren't bald-headed we I'm making a joke, by the way, because people don't understand my humor most of the time. They take me too literally, and then they take me not literally enough. So it's a weird, it's a weird life I have to live. But no, so a lot. So in the charismatic church, a lot of these people really have a Pentecostal background. Either their parents or they themselves grew up in a Pentecostal church, and the Holy Spirit was Holy Spirit all through their lives. And you know what? They actually just really wanted to wear pants and cut their hair so they don't call themselves pentecostal anymore per se per se but let's be real who are we kidding it's a pentecostal church so pentecostal church without the dress code and makeup they wear makeup now so if you go into a church camp like that you cannot be looking cute and cool and collected at all times the holy spirit will hit and what will you do you will you will sweat you will sweat and you will fall and you will dance you will shake and you'll do everything you will fall overt there's no there's no calm cool collected and dignified when the holy ghost hits uh-uh and hopefully in that moment he's with the program and he knows how it goes down me personally i never saw verse boo hit with the whole hg in an uh, and it hit him in a way that makes him undignified so me personally i was like mm. i peeped it and i was like sir can you get with the program because the holy spirit's gonna hit and you're gonna need to know i'm not a lunatic you're gonna need to know what's going on i know some of the people you may be around have never maybe experienced this but i'm gonna be on the floor in three seconds and you're gonna have to be okay with that okay okay thank you so again summer camp the holy ghost is hitting it's hitting very hardly i'm not hardly very hard in the hard very hard lee but not hardly hard so the altar call for holy ghost and it's david hall this time leading this altar call because the first one it wasn't david hall but after that year david hall was just there every single year and i loved it and you know what everybody knew everybody knew everyone knew in the youth group knew what i was walking through i'm not compromising i want the holy ghost Ooh, you see how that connected hallelujah i want the holy i want the baptism of the holy ghost i want to hear the holy ghost i want to hear his voice i want to understand it I want to, when people say, I feel like God is, I want to know what that feels like. What is that? What does that feel? What does the voice of God sound like? I was in Honduras on a mission trip asking my leaders, what does the voice of God sound like? I'm on a mission trip here to preach the gospel. And I don't even know what the voice of the Holy Ghost sounds like. Thankfully, we have the gospel. All you have, all you're responsible for is just telling the gospel of God and his word holds power in its own self. 
which I came across. I was listening to a teaching by Jonathan Shuttlesworth and he quoted the scripture that shooketh me to the core. Shooketh me to the core. And it's in Jeremiah 23, 29. And God says, is not my word like as a fire? Saith the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. The word of God is powerful alone. And on its own. So thankfully we were preaching that gospel. The gospel of God that carries power. Romans 1, 16. Salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is power Unto men, unto salvation, however it goes. I quoted it before. Thank God I know the reference, because if I didn't, eesh. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, first the Jew and then the Greek or the Gentile. But I want to know the Holy Ghost. I want to know the Spirit of God. I want to hear His voice. I want to know what it feels like to be led. When people are telling me I felt to take a right turn, I've never felt to take any type of right turn. What are you talking about? What does God sound like? What are you hearing? I love God. I, I want to know him more. And you guys hear his spirit. You guys speak in a he- heavenly language. D- don't leave me out. I want to know. I, God, I want to be included. I want that. I want to receive it. We go. It's the altar call. I lift my hands along with a lot of people in the room to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Again, this is probably my second or third time in that room in this type of altar call. And I remember what I was, where I was sitting. I remember who all was there. A lot of the people that are actually now in the mission field um, were there in that. Were, I remember we were sitting, we were all young. I remember Hannah. I remember all these people I remember Ethan being there and not that he listens but I'm just saying I remember the people that were cheering for me and like rooting for me and got to celebrate this moment with me and I was like whatever I gotta do I'm like thank you Jesus I'm like oh you know because I've heard people say like just thank God just worship God and it'll come or whatever so I'm I'm holding my hands up I'm thank God I'm like I can only imagine I'm like this is gonna be crazy like I could literally receive this thing that I've been desiring for forever this could be the night and it goes on and nothing is happening and I'm like okay I'm just gonna keep thanking the Lord and people are still praying for me people laying their hands the time goes on and then people are dropping their hands from my shoulder and I don't know about you but sometimes that feels like people are when people are laying their hands on you to contend for something for God to do something at that moment and they drop their hands it feels like they gave up on you I know that's not what's happening because their arms are probably actually tired, but like it feels like, oh, they gave up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to be another failed moment and everyone knows and I don't care that everyone knows, but I'm like, everyone here is aware and is contending for me to receive this. They know what I want. They know it obviously because it was altar call, but before that, they know that too. You know what I mean? And I'm like, in that moment, in that moment, I was like, Vergeboo is right in front of me because I was on the, the, it was like a riser kind of, not really like a balcony, like the stairs at least, about, but it was like, it wasn't really that high, but it was like a riser and below that on the floor, on the ground level, my, mm, mm, I can't do that anymore. That's a man. That man's a married man. Oh my gosh. But back then my Vergeboo was sitting there, you know, rubbernecked and everything. And, um. I'm pretty sure he even stressed out a hand to me 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But I was like, I, you know what happened in that moment? People's hands are dropping down. I'm just sitting there alone. <laughs> My hands up to the air, still wanting to receive. And David Hall being an awesome man, minister of the gospel knows that that stuff, give it time. Don't just move on to the next thing. Let God move and minister. So the air is still m- stirring with the expectation and people contending and like, and the, there's reception. I'm hearing people, you know, like receiving their tongues and I'm like, I will be you. Yes. And in that moment, I told myself, I, you know what? <laughs> Screw verge boo. I don't care. I was like, I'm willing to look like a fool for you, God. If, if what I got to do is start speaking and just whatever comes out of my mouth is whatever comes out you know f it in the most christian way but i didn't say that but you know that stands whatever fine i'm gonna look like a fool because i i want what i want and i'm gonna do whatever it takes to receive what you have for me i open my mouth baby tell me how the holy ghost don't baptize me tell me how the holy ghost have filled my mouth with his languages or whatever it's called started speaking in tongues started speaking in tongues and i remember it because i told a testimony because they like after we come back from camp our pastor loves like how on fire we are for god after all of our encounters and i got to share my testimony on the stage and i was like at first sounded like i was like la 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 and i was like and i knew that was god because i would never want to sound like that if (laughs) if i would have chosen how i would have spoken tongues and it was like, la, 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 la. And I, that's, I remember literally I was like, is this it? And I just kept going. And I was like, this is it because uh, this is not my first choice. And it just kept going and new sounds are coming, but it wasn't too much. It's a new language. You're like a baby, you know, like babies only start with like, you know, I'm about to babysit <laughs> tomorrow. See my favorite little baby. So I'm very excited. Um. But it's a new language and you're not going to sound like like all these pros, how they these tongue talker pros. But but it's it's new to you. So just open your mouth by faith and open your mouth and let God fill it. You know, oh, I wish our Christian language and terminology was not like this, but it is. It is, unfortunately. So (laughs) so um, (laughs) so that happened. And let me tell you guys, (laughs) forgive me, God. (laughs) Let me tell you, that wasn't all God had planned for me that day. Not only, my friends are like, oh my God, yeah. I'm crying. I'm literally, I finally got, I waited so long and I'm crying and my first piece right there and I probably look crazy. Not only that, the joy of the Lord hit that our youth group mm, mm, in that section. I started laughing. I was like, this is funny. <laughs> and I credit it actually to my our, my amazing pastor and him his investment in his flock. He had Rodney Howard Brown come and Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and we had a summer of revival. And he had all these people come and just people ministers of the gospel that were, you know, just ministering to our you know summer of revival. It really was, and that was my first time experiencing like um the joy seeing what is that joy of the lord i would hear all these like you know there's like always like these kooky old ladies at church that would like dance with flags and stuff 
and like jump around and like leap around the sanctuary but i always thought they were kind of weird i was like oh, okay yeah but they would they would just be in service sometimes and be like and you'd be like on you grew up in a charismatic church so long weird sounds and shofars are just it's like background noise to you it's it, it is what it is so when i would see when i saw that operating in rodney Howard brown's ministry in our church that hitting the whole church that hitting me in the hallway because he had us all get out of the sanctuary line us all throughout the church fire foo, foo, just like down the line <laughs> you know i was like that was the first time i got like a uh like a baptism of joy joy the lord and i'm a very joyful person and i actually credit it to his ministry in that time and that summer revival because it's like i had an impartation and access to a, an area of god i didn't know existed rivers this thing is to say rivers 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 of living water rivers that's all he says and not only did i get my heavenly language the joy of the lord hit not just me it did hit, I, I was starting to laugh at first but it jumped to our whole youth group all of us were laughing and david hall mighty man of god knew what was happening and i remember i hear, remember hearing him from the stage and i'm out my friend's on the floor my friend my friend was like i was literally shoved underneath my seat laughing like she was tucked underneath our little balcony chair just screaming laughing at the holy ghost she was like i know where i am and why am i under this chair ha 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 and i heard david hall from from the stage say that's the baptism of joy they've got the joy <laughs> like he's australian so i didn't i'm not doing his accent joy how does he he's from adelaide i'm from adelaide australia his accent's very scary i'm kidding though it's very like <laughs> i don't know i haven't done an australian accent in a minute so i gotta practice on that um i remember hearing that i was like yeah and so that was awesome and to relay it relate it back to the point of this message is i didn't compromise you know i i submitted that to my mentors i don't know everything i don't know everything i don't know the depths of god all of them i don't one of my favorite worship songs is is a jonathan helsher and melissa i think it's just jonathan on this song jonathan and melissa helsher and he says um you are oh how does it go um oh you are you kidding me why would i forget this you an endless ocean on a bottomless sea and there's this line in the song i'm gonna look it up i have to be out of this house at nine in the morning and i'm over here screaming into a microphone it talks about God and it's there's a line in the song where it goes all those angels they are swimming in this ocean and they still can't find a shore day and night night and day they keep seeing new sides of your face you are an endless ocean on a bottomless sea that's the depths of God I don't know all of them there are people that have traveled deeper than I ever have and I, I want to impart from them have it, receive an impartation from them I don't know everything, but they're they the, those people that know a lot who also don't know everything about God because he's an endless ocean on a bottomless sea in a way, in a metaphorical way. But they they've traveled far deeper than I have, 
they're, they exist. They're at my reach. They're at my disposal. And by disposal, they're definitely at my disposal, if not physically, then digitally. Come on. There's people that are still alive. Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, uh, Andrew Womack. Ministers of the gospel that have walked a long life with God. I feel like I'm crying. I'm not. And if I was, I would tell you, like I told you, I've heard it. A long life with God that are teaching and equipping the body of Christ with their content and teaching on YouTube or whatever else platform they use. It's all at my reach. It's all at my disposal. Oh, goodness me. My nose is all stuffy. Up with you. I don't know why. Anyways, I rebuke it though. In Jesus name. No more stuffed. So glean from the person. Glean from these people. There are people that have gone deeper than you. There are people that know God more than you do. There are people that know the word way more than you do. Those are teachers of the God, of the word of God. Glean. How can you trust your own intellect? Your mind is limited. The Holy Spirit is not limited though. There's no there's that's why I heard somebody say like oftentimes you're in a great service and you're like, oh it was amazing. People ask you, well, what did the what did the preacher say? Oh, I don't really remember. Because it doesn't go in your mind, it goes in your spirit. There's an endless deposit in your spirit. Your spirit is not of this world. That that's 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 it it's not it's not of it's not, you know, carnal. That thing is limitless. Glean from these people who glean from God. Glean from God also you you yourself. Consider everything with God and you'll not compromise. Everything, every step and decision you make, you're not going to compromise. He doesn't lead you in a compromising position in your life. If I'm, if I'm about to start a business, okay, God, I'm getting my whatever. I'm getting these legal stuff done. Next, I have, if you, every single situation that occurs and you glean from the wisdom of God and you glean from the wisdom of entrepreneurs that are anointed by God and successful, how can you compromise? How You're never going to be able to find yourself, well, I once had a business, but I gave up on that, and that's not a thing anymore. Be- because every step, you submitted it to God. Just like the men of war in David in, in the Old Testament, in the Tanakh, the Torah, okay? They were blessed when every major decision they, they had to do, they first went to God. Bring me a priest, like David said. Bring me a priest. When his wife and children got kidnapped alongside his men, his warriors, wife and children, wives and children, because he had wives. What was the first thing he did? Give me the priest. He needed to get in the presence of God. God, what should I do? I want to do this. Can I, should I do this? God said, yeah, do this. That He gave him, God gave him a system of what to do. They wanted to, they wanted to kill David because their wives and children got kidnapped. But, God, but David first went to, he considered God. He could have easily got killed or he could have easily stepped down from the office of king, making a decision out of out of sadness and depression and torment, because maybe my I don't know if my children and wives are alive. But he first considered God, consider every, every, every. Hear me, consider everything with God, everything. There's people I know. There's people I know 
that'll consider God with only the things that relate to ministry. People in the ministry I know, they'll only consider God when it has to do with ministry. But when it comes to who they date, who they marry, where they put their money at, what they invest their money in, nothing. And it fails. And they, and then they'll try to mix God into it. Well, maybe God had to teach me. No, you're being an idiot. There's no way you can make a dumb decision like not considering God with everything. And you have the Bible at your disposal to read. And you didn't once, once come across when people learned from their mistakes of not considering God with everything like you told them to. And they, well, maybe God, no, maybe you just chose to be a dummy. And now you have to deal with the consequences. Hello. You, you play stupid games. You win stupid prizes. You thought it was pertinent to consider God with the ministry. What about your life? Did he die to save your ministry? Did he die to save your life? Why aren't you submitting things, every facet of your life to God? You don't think he cares about who you date, who you like, who you marry, who you friends with? You don't think he cares about that? Huh? It could be, there's friendships people waste their time in. You don't have to be their friend. You can be nice. You don't have to be their friend though. There's people, as a Christian, I'm going to love you. That doesn't mean I'm going to be your friend. You do something stupid once. There's this one person I know. She thinks I hate her. And I'm comfortable with her thinking I hate her. I am. I really am. She put my life in danger way too many times. And I was a dummy for letting her do it the second time and the third time. She can't drive to save her life. We were going somewhere out of town, hours away. She said, well, I, you know, I am tired, but I want to drive. And I was like. I should have known because I because usually I'm the I'm usually the driver of my friend group that drives everyone everywhere. In a way, I feel like I'm the dad of the friend groups that I'm in. But I I usually I offer because I trust me. I know I'm a good driver. I I drive with children all the time. My brother, kids that I babysat. I know I'm a good driver. I know I'm a safe driver. I know I have a I have a good car and I da, 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 and I know how to get places alive. Me, yeah. I don't know you. I don't know you. And then we get in this girl's car. She's exhausted. Oh, I didn't really sleep well last night. And I told, I can drive. No, 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 no. Drives like a maniac. I felt uncomfortable. I felt scared for my life. And then she she didn't like how we were kind of complaining. Well, I'm sorry, but we feel like we're going to die in your car at your hands. I'm sorry you feel uncomfortable that we feel that we you're going to like kill us. Sorry for, for you making you feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry. We'll just silently fear for our lives in the backseat and try not to make a sound as you slam us into an 18 wheeler. Because whatever, like the second time, literally. This girl doesn't look. She almost hit a pedestrian. She almost hit cars. Why are you? Where are you going? Why do you even want to go anywhere? You don't have nowhere to go. You don't have anywhere to go. You need to go home. Teleport. Get off the road. So, and and now she was like, I don't think. And my friend was like, she thinks that she was. She told me like, I don't think Krizo likes me. It's not you. I don't like. It's what you do. But if that gets me out of life and death situations with you 
all right believe it i don't care i'll love you and i'm grateful that god gives us wisdom consider that god do i need to be in this car no get out of the car and never put yourself in a position like that where you're privy to people's like your priv- your life is privy to bad driver that's insane but if I was an idiot, I would get back in her car a fifth time. When I was acting like an idiot when I got back the second time. I don't know what I was on. It must have been something. I don't know. I don't know. A lack of oxygen, perhaps. I don't know. But no. I The same day that I decided to never get in her car was the same, was the same day that I probably... It's probably the last time I ever really talked to her, to be honest. So God works things and God, God works in mysterious ways. Um, well, I only went over one point to be completely honest, two points. So I guess there's a part three. Uh, There's a part three. (laughs) Oh, oh, I rebuke you. My nose is stuffed up. I rebuke you. Um, (laughs) I'm going to cover the rest in another episode or maybe I can knock it out, but I, I don't think I can so so that's that submit everything to god i think it's dumb uh, i'm gonna go hard on this point and i'm gonna end it I, th- I think it's dumb to live your life where not everything is sub- why do you trust yourself to make your own decisions why why don't trust yourself you I, you can't even your own body is carnal it, 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 it wants you to go to hell why would you trust yourself with your life why would you put your life on that Give everything to the Lord. There's a reason why Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He's not just our Savior. He's our Lord. Meaning, I'm going to tell you how to do this life because you can't do it. And if you try it, you'll go to hell. So you need me to be the Lord of your life to tell you what to do. (laughs) Because you'll end up in hell if you do it by yourself. So let me help you. I already died for you. I'm the one that went to hell for you. And took back the keys of David. You don't have to go because I'm going to help you. The Bible says that it our carnal, it, a flesh prophet says nothing. There's nothing in you, in your carnality, that wants that like wants to push the kingdom of God forward. Nothing. Your the spirit of God does though. That's why you got to put your flesh under subjection all the time, all the time, all the time. Put it under subjection. It doesn't rule you. You rule it. So why why would my life is in your ha- in whose hands? That's a good song. There's a Ghanaian version to that song where it's like Ima Ayah. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Oh, that's old. I love that version. It's so lit. Oh, Africans are so fun. Your life should be in Jesus' hands, not your own. You're going to you're gonna bring it to hell. God will take it to heaven, okay? So maybe you need to surrender again. Surrender D- quickly. And if that's you and you realize you haven't been living a, a life of surrender, whether it's like surrendering in an area or surrendering your entire life because you've been you've been the Lord of your life. 
You've been walking the way you want to walk. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, forgive me of my sins. I, I, I now receive you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross for, my, for me. You bore my sin on the cross. You died. And three days later, you resurrected. Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that with my mouth and I believe it with my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me new. Take the stony heart away from me and give me a new one, a heart of flesh. I receive you now. Lord of my life. God is my God and my Father. Thank you, God, that you give me the strength. And by your Holy Spirit, you give me the ability to live and conquer on this earth and live a life in the strength of your Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if that was your first time praying that, welcome to the family of God. If that was your multiple time praying that, congratulations, I'm proud of you. Heaven is rejoicing it's time to live a life of submission to the lord and it's going to be the like i said you yourself will drive it to hell but jesus christ did all that work and suffering for you and he gave you his spirit that the bible says god says i'm jealous for my spirit but he gave it to you not only did he give his life he gave you his spirit so that by the strength of his spirit you can live this life conquering the things that you were once struggling and beaten up by you couldn't get victory over and it won't be by your strength. It'll be by the strength of God, by the spirit he gave you. You receive that today in Jesus name. Find a good church. A good church is the church that believes the whole Bible preaches the thing front to back. They know the whole Bible. They believe it. They don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Preferably one with good worship. You know, some people don't. I'm really good at that. good teacher get under mentorship get get under leadership you need to be accountable to someone you need your family we are a family you we need you you need us we need each other have a teacher get under leadership have someone hold you accountable and help you and teach you and guide you find get a bible a good translation is esv and kjv kjv is fine but it's it's not it's a language that you have to learn because we don't talk. It's a vernacular you have to learn. We don't talk like that anymore. So ESV is great. Don't you dare pick up a message Bible. If you love God, don't do it to yourself. So <laughs> find a good church. Attend every Sunday. Be faithful to that church. And you're going to live a great life. And God's going to turn God starting today. If you pray that prayer, he's turning your life around for the better. And one day we'll see each other in heaven and you'll be able to tell me how your life was changed because I told you I farted on this podcast. And I'm going to say you're welcome. And you're going to give me a chicken wing because we're going to be eating in heaven during that feast, marriage supper of the lamb. Amen. Anyways, if you didn't need to give your life to the Lord, but you do need to submit, submit. <laughs> sorry god i realize i need to give this to you i gave it to you and then be with spend time with god every day and night read his word delight yourself in the lord he delights himself in you do the same and you'll grow and flourish 
and get you know maybe submit that to a leadership have somebody help you out and walk through life with you don't do it alone i'm glad i didn't do it alone i'm glad i had people praying for me when i wanted the holy ghost the baptism of the holy ghost and they were able to celebrate that's the best part about it i didn't get to suffer alone and because i got the victory i didn't get to celebrate alone so yeah i'm gonna do a part three i don't know when it's gonna come out but i love you and i do love you so much god bless you bye bye